Salutations, listeners. You're listening to another episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast. And I'm your host, Nathan Holloway, your doctor for jazz. And it's our mission here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast to cure whatever it is that ails you through the power and the majesty of jazz music. In this episode, we have a brand new series I'd like to start to, you know, just kind of work your minds a little bit and your ears. It's called Rashomon Jazz. Now, for some of you, you know that I am a big foreign film fanatic. I love foreign films. Films by Godard in the French New Wave, Truffaut, you know, films by Agnes Varda, films by um, <clears throat> many, many, many great uh, directors, Fellini, Tarkovsky, Ingmar Bergman, etc. But Rashomon is a brilliant film by Akira Kurosawa. And in that film, the whole basis is that this event happens. I'm not going to spoil it for you in case you want to check it out. But the whole premise is that this event happens and it's sent to trial. And they recount what happens in this event through four different perspectives. And they're completely different. Even though it's basically telling from their viewpoint what that event is. So with that premise in mind, I decided, hey, wouldn't that be great for how different jazz artists cover certain songs? And that is what I'm going to bring to you, Rashomon Jazz. So we're going to take basically five different tunes. and. In each set, I'm going to give you four different perspectives by four different jazz artists. Now, hopefully, this will cause, you know, some thought and debate on your part, and you will enjoy it in the process. So, welcome to Rashomon Jazz. You're listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Let's get to some music. Once was my heart, so why not? 
Thank <laughs> you. 
so obviously we have just heard four different perspectives on the classic standard all of me now that last version was by none other than El Noir Jacquet as Giacomo Gates says known in some circles as Illinois Jacket <laughs> so uh, Illinois Jacquet is one of the masters of the tennis saxophone and that solo taken from the chronological classics of El Noir Jacquet 1951 to 1952 is a very classic solo that was put into the vocalese canon by King Pleasure and that entire solo was given words in fact Giacomo Gates actually covered uh, King Pleasure's vocalese version on his album Centerpiece worth checking out by the way um, but you hear this wonderful bebop vocabulary, you know, over these these age-old changes to all of me. And that's a, a nice, fresh perspective because just uh, 20 years previous to that, we heard the great Louis Armstrong from 19, from his chronological classics 1931 to 1932 and we we heard Louis not only sing a great you know version of all of me but he's also playing uh, killer trumpet over it as well now and it's different than that bebop language that Jacquet was using so it proves that these age-old standards are standards exactly that standards for a reason and, you know, it, it just goes to prove that, you know, Louis, even with a sad-sounding band at times, can still just soar above and make the whole track worth it, you know. But speaking of bands, that's who the, the second perspective was from, and that wasn't a sad band. That was a killing band. That was the Count Basie Orchestra live in Japan, 78. That's one of my favorite versions, to be honest with you, and, and, and just let you know my perspective. I love all four, but as far as big band arrangements go, that Basie arrangement, and I believe it's by Billy Byers, is killer because you've got this nice little you know rhythm happening with Freddie Green, ding, ding, ding. Ding, 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 ding. And then Basie's just doing his very simplistic, minimalistic version of the melody. And then, bam! There comes the, the band right in, you know. And you just got to love it. I mean, it just it hits you. If you had to turn up your, your, your speakers, you know, to hear the beginning of that, and then the band hits, man, you probably need to check your speakers because, <laughs> because there's a good chance that they could be slightly blown. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Basie. Who doesn't love Basie? You know, Master Time himself. Uh, yeah, and that was from, like I said, uh, Live of Japan, 1978. Um, yeah, good year. And we started off the whole set with none other than Lady Day, Miss Billie Holiday, from the Columbia Records collection, The Quintessential Billie Holiday, Volume 9, uh, from 1940 to 1942. We heard her take of all of me, and it was just like 
this haze or this fog that just kind of just hangs there the way that she delivers her vocals and it's so simple yet just honest you can't deny it she, she, I mean you could tell that she feels the words you know it's almost like this this helpless sense take all of me why not just take all of me you know it, it, oh who doesn't love Lady Day so from Billie Holiday to Count Basie from Louis Armstrong to Illinois Jacquet those are your four perspectives on all of me now for our next four perspectives, here is a gem by the great Thelonious Monk.
Yes. Um, all right. So, in this set, the song being taken from four perspective, of course, is the Thelonious Monk composition, Round Midnight. But that last um, track that we just heard was recorded in 1956. It was the great Miles Davis Quintet, that ver- their version of Round Midnight, off of their album, Round About Midnight, which I believe was Miles' first Columbia session. And it, of course, it includes the rhythm section, Red Garland on piano, Mr. PC himself, Paul Chambers on the bass, Philly Joe Jones on the drums, the inimitable John Coltrane on the tenor saxophone, and Miles Davis on the trumpet. And I believe that the intro was written by Gil Evans. So, because Miles and Gil were already friends from way back in the Birth of the Cool days, you know, in 49, and already looking to make a record together soon to be released after this one called Miles Ahead. So, yeah, and um, that whispery trumpet, man, God, cannot beat it. So, the perspective we heard before Miles was that of steel guitar player Mike Near. N-E-E-R. And it comes from his album, Stealonius. And it's, oh man, I I love this album. It's a steel guitar album that's a tribute album to Thelonious Monk compositions. (laughs) So you're like, what? But it's really cool. So we hear this nice, like almost tribal beat behind the steel guitar, right? And of course, Mike Near. It's his album, but he's playing lap, steel guitar, ukulele, bass on one track, and percussion. Matt King is on the piano and on the organ. Andrew Hall is on the bass. Diego Voglino is on drums and percussion. And on two tracks, there are vibes provided by Tom Beckham. Yeah. Killer, killer, killer. And this comes out, this album came out in 2016. So... Not that long ago. Before that, we heard the fantastic sounds of M-Bass master Steve Coleman. And we heard his take of Round Midnight on Steve Coleman and the Five Elements, recorded live at the Hot Brass, March 24th through 29th, 1995, from the album called Curves of Life. Yes, um... We heard Steve Coleman on the alto sax, Andy Milne on the piano and keyboards, Reggie Washington on the bass, and Gene Lake on the drums. By the way, if you dig those sounds that you heard on that second perspective, dig on Curves of Life. Steve Coleman is an institution unto himself, and David Murray sits in on two tracks on this album. Not the Round Midnight version that we heard, but two great tracks. So, there you go. Then we started off the entire first set with the master himself, the great Thelonious Sphere Monk, the composer of the tune being taken at four different perspectives. This version of Round Midnight comes from the Riverside 
album, Thelonious Monk at the Black Hawk. It's the, I'm sorry, the Thelonious Monk Quartet Plus Two at the Black Hawk. And of course, that is the great Thelonious Monk on the piano, Billy Higgins on the drums, John Orr on the bass, Charlie Rouse on the tenor saxophone, and then the plus two is Harold Land on the tenor saxophone and Joe Gordon on the trumpet, both West Coasters. And, of course, the Black Hawk is in San Francisco. And this is actually Thelonious Monk's second visit out to San Francisco. The time before was uh, for recorded when he did his solo piano album, Thelonious Alone out in San Francisco. This was recorded April 29th, 1960. So, between Thelonious Monk himself, Steve Coleman... Mike Neer and Miles Davis. Those are four incredible takes on the classic standard Round Midnight. So if you can't remember everything we're doing here, do not worry. Just check out the website. That's Dr. Jazz Podcast. D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast dot WordPress com and you can find all the album info there so you know exactly what to go digging for when you're digging sounds in your record store or if you'd like to order online you know exactly what you're getting also the dr jazz podcast can be found on soundcloud itunes podcasts and stitcher so be sure and share this info with your jazz friends All right, let's get to another set of music.
Lonely Woman was the tune we just heard from four completely different perspectives. And I love when they're all that different. Man. So the last version of Lonely Woman that we heard was by the great John Zorn with his whatever you want to call it, thrash, metal, jazz, rock group, Naked City. And Naked City, of course, is comprised of John Zorn on the alto saxophone, Bill Frizzell on the guitar, Fred Frith on the bass, Wayne Horvitz on the keyboards and organ, and Joey Barron on the drums. That comes from their self-entitled album, Naked City, from 1989. Yep. And there's a lot of great tracks on that, too. I mean, they cover everything from John Barry and the the James Bond theme to um, Morricone. And, yeah, it's it's totally worth checking out. But they also cover Ornette Coleman's Lonely Woman that we just heard. And, by the way, nice quote there at the end that John had from Ornette Coleman's theme from his... uh, variations from a symphony right yeah yeah that was nice because that theme comes from the album dancing in your head you know and that yeah kudos to john he's definitely got big ears and have listened to ornette so before that we heard this wonderful crazy arrangement of Lonely Woman by a band called Quest. And if you're not hip with Quest, let me tell you who's in Quest. Al Foster is on drums. George Mraz is on the bass. Richie Byrock is on piano. And Dave Liebman is on soprano sax and alto flute. And that's what we heard. We heard this almost like Eastern arrangement of Lonely Woman in which Liebman and Byrock specifically just take it and make it very intimate, very intimate. And it almost sounds like it's a a meditational kind of song. I mean, that's transformative, right? Just from those two versions alone. From the Naked City version to the Quest version, I mean. There you go. I don't know. I just, I really dug the flute meditative kind of perspective. Like, no, let's take this in a completely different direction. That was nice. Before that, we heard an arrangement of Lonely Woman by Connie Kay, Percy Heath. Milt Jackson, and John Lewis. That's right, the MJQ, the Modern Jazz Quartet. We heard them play Ornette Coleman's Lonely Woman from their album, Lonely Woman, on Atlantic Jazz. Let's see, hold on. Let's see exactly when this came out. Because... 
there's a point that I'm eventually going to want to make. Here we go. It is all selections were recorded in 1962. January 25th, 1962 is when the modern jazz quartet recorded Lonely Woman. Now, what's interesting about that, and the reason I wanted to get to that date, is because the very first version we heard was the original version, which was recorded in 1959 by the Ornette Coleman Quartet from the album The Shape of Jazz to Come. Of course, that was Ornette Coleman on alto sax, the great Don Cherry on the cornet, Charlie Hayden with an earthy bass, and Billy Higgins on the drums. Now, what's interesting to note is that this came out in 1959. This was recorded in 59, the original. And the Modern Jazz Quartet recorded theirs in January of 62. So what's interesting is, is that Ornette recorded this on the Atlantic Jazz label. So I'm wondering, considering that you know, Ornette Coleman was kind of like one of the, the first pioneers of free jazz. I'm wondering just how much pressure there was from Atlantic to make the modern jazz quartet record something that revolutionary at the time. Because that's certainly not part of their, you know, their repertoire, their typical repertoire. Usually they are very classically based and even within that arrangement you hear um, chordal structures that underlie the melody that we don't hear in Ornette's version I mean you know keep that in mind as well that Ornette Coleman quartet for the album The Shape of Jazz to Come had no chordal instruments no piano no guitar and out of those four perspectives keep that in mind as that is the only one out of those four perspectives that had zero chordal instruments. That only had bass and, and drums, which kind of freed up the harmonies. But in the modern jazz quartet, not only did they have vibraphone, but they also had piano. In the Quest version, there was piano provided by Richie Byrock. And even though it was a very minimal version, I'll give him that, but there was still nonetheless a piano and a pianist there. In the John Zorn arrangement, you had two chordal instruments. You had Bill Frizzell on guitar, and you had Wayne Horvitz on the keyboards and organ. So, there you go. Mm. Four great perspectives on a classic song. And that's what we're doing this episode. We're listening to what I like to call Rashomon Jazz. Four perspectives on the same tune. Hope you're digging it. Don't forget, check out our website, Dr. Jazz Podcast, drjazzpodcast.wordpress.com. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Tell your friends. All right, we've got two. Yeah, we've got two more sets coming at you. Do not go anywhere. You're listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast.
brought Charlie Parker in this hotel room in the Book of Rocks into an hotel. There was nothing to do but play, you know, and we had a lot of fun trying to play. Right know. after that, man, Charlie Parker was mine. That was the first time I ever had the pleasure to meet Dizzy Gillespie. I just remember Miles. Miles was in my original band. And Charlie Parker created the style. And the moment I heard him, I said, that's how music should sound. A tribute to the Birdman, the father of Birdland, a masterpiece of release of Hones, words and the musical great salute the late. Mentor, inventor of a sound that dates back from bebop to pop and pop to hip hop. Refuse the times of jazz and rhymes and got Kumo Deegan, Big Daddy Kane, to bring on the legends, Kane hit the name. I kick a rap too, but you can relax too. A jazz soloist play away with the sax to get the job done. The next one up to do his duty, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. James Moody. No one goes the mile like Miles Davis. Watch how we play this trumpet and pump it just like a mechanic handles a tool. Here's the rebirth of the cool. What kind of noise can a string bring making you swing and sing things of a musical fling? Well, listen to this star. Next up is uh, oh George Benson bringing a guitar. A 
voice of choice used just like an instrument So magnificent, I'm proud to present Defonsacio, a.k.a. Sarah Vaughn Honey, you're on I'm introducing a bop revolution in jazz that has pizzazz Here's one player using it Ask who is he, first name Dizzy Last name Galepsy, now watch him get busy Allow me to tell a story about Ella Fitzgerald, whose sound can never be sterile. A woman with flexibility of range, make an octave change. Go ahead and do your thing. This is a shout out to one more man, Joe Zawano, the writer of Birdland. In the 50s, this was the place to be, from the bands down to the maitre d. Now, who could forget the MC on the set, the ambulant voice of Peewee Marquette? Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we have something special down here at Birdland this evening. A sound so profound has come back around. 56th Street is now world renowned with horn licks to kick and swift riffs to stick. Today, Bebop makes the hip hop pick. These musical geniuses, souls are so clever, they change the face of music forever. And if you can't understand, here's a past and present Birdland.
Ah, yes, a little piece of nostalgia from 1989. Of course, the four perspectives were on the Joe Zavinu composition, Birdland. It was a perennial favorite. It was a radio favorite. It was every kind of favorite you can imagine. Um, And it's still very well known to this day. But that last perspective that we just heard on Birdland is from the great Q himself. Quincy Jones and it comes from his album Back on the Block 1989 Uh, it has kind of an intro called The Jazz Corner of the World which is the actual club Birdland was known as and it has uh, soloists that are featured like James Moody, Miles Davis, George Benson, Sarah Vaughn, Dizzy Gillespie, Ella Fitzgerald, and the composer himself, Joe Zavino. Not to mention, it just kind of starts out with these really hip, you know, little interview snippets back and forth between like Lester Young and Dizzy Gillespie and Charlie Parker. And yeah, and... God, and then you get into, it goes right into Birdland, which there's, you know, everybody who knows, you know, is Quincy is knows that it's going to be, you know, killer. And it's, because he knows everybody. But I'm just going to quickly run down this. Ian Prince is on keyboard, so is Larry Williams. Michael Boddicker is on synth. Michael Casey Young is on synth programming. Nathan East is on bass. Jerry Hayes on trumpet. Gary Grant's on trumpet. Larry Williams on saxophone. Bill Reichenbach is on the trombone. Quincy Jones, Rod Temperton, and Ian Underwood is all doing hand claps. <laughs> Soloists include George Benson on the guitar. Dizzy Gillespie on the trumpet. Miles Davis on the trumpet. James Moody on the saxophone. Ella Fitzgerald and Sarah Vaughn are featured vocalists. Yeah. I mean, and the horn arrangements by Jerry Hay and Quincy Jones. So, there you go. That's a hell of a perspective and a mouthful on top of that. Before that, we heard a perspective of Birdland by none other than Earl Father Hines. That's right. Father Hines on his album... Honor Thy Father from 1978, a year after Birdland hit. Father Hines, along with Red Calendar on the bass and Bill Douglas on drums, decided to record an album, Honor Thy Father, and sure enough, decided to, hey, let's record Birdland, considering it's so popular. Different arrangement there with the tuba, you know, and everything like that. So it's just, it's, it's kind of strange. But hey, it's Earl Hines playing Birdland, right? It's different. Then we had none other than the Manhattan Transfer singing their version of Birdland. And I, I get this from my, my CD, The Best of Manhattan Transfer. And... What's really cool is that, you know, it was it was released in 77, and by 79, 
uh, Manhattan Transfer had actually put words to, um, well, they took the words from John Hendricks, and they and they made this arrangement of Birdland, which is just crazy, and it's it it did very 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 well, and. They should be given credit for it. It's completely different because it's the only vocal arrangement that we have in those four perspectives. But Manhattan Transfer, let's give credit where credit is due. Manhattan Transfer is comprised of vocalists Cheryl Benteen, Tim Hauser, Alan Paul, and Janice Siegel. So, and they are a staple in the jazz vocal community. So their perspective is very viable. And then we started off with the original itself, Birdland by Weather Report, released on the 1977 Columbia album Heavy Weather, one of their most popular and best albums from start to finish. It's got Birdland, Teen Town, A Remark You Made, The Juggler. Oh, it's so good. And it is, in this lineup of the Weather Report band, it is, of course, Joe Zavinol, composer of Birdland, on the synthesizers and keyboards. Wayne Shorter on the tenor saxophone. Jaco Pastorius on the fretless electric bass. Alex Acuna on the drums. And Manolo Bandrena on the percussion. So, heavy weather. Mm. Such a great album. So, four perspectives. Weather Report, Manhattan Transfer, Earl Father Hines, and Quincy Jones with an all-star <laughs> supporting cast. That's your four perspectives on Birdland. We've got one more set coming at you. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. You're going to dig it, I promise. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast.
Sometimes I wonder why I spend such lonely nights. Oh, baby, lonely nights. Dreaming of a song, melody, memory. And I'm once again with you when our love was new. Oh, baby, each gets an inspiration. Now that, baby, you know long ago. Garden wall, when stars are bright and you are in mourn, baby. The nightingale tells his fairy tale of paradise. My roses though I dream in vain, in my heart it will remain, baby. My stardust melody, oh memory, oh. Right, so the tune having the four perspectives was the Hoagy Carmichael classic Stardust. And the last version that we just heard there was one of the most awesome versions that you could ever, ever, ever hope to hear, no matter what style of music is your favorite. It's Louis Armstrong. And it's with his orchestra recorded in 1931. Louis was on the trumpets and the vocals. Uh, Zilna Randolph was on trumpet. Preston Jackson on trombone. Lester Boone. George James is on alto sax. Albert Washington on tenor sax. Charlie Alexander was on the piano. Mike McKendrick on banjo and guitar. John Lindsay on the bass. Tubby Hall on the drums. Just the way Louis takes that melody and stretches it and just puts all of his own life and juice into that melody and transforms it into something that's just so tender and touching and personal. I love that. That's what jazz is all about, man. I mean, (laughs) making it your own. Not saying, I don't care how these 50 other people have done it. This is how I'm going to do this because this is how it means something to me. And then that personal injection, you know, just into whatever song is what makes jazz jazz. Ah, oh, beautiful. 
Before that, we heard another beautiful, beautiful version of Stardust by Dimitri Metheny on the flugelhorn, accompanied by Daryl Grant on the piano, really great piano player, and Bill Douglas on the bass. This comes from Dimitri Metheny's album Starlight Cafe from 1998. So good. Monarch Records. Mm. And just a beautiful flugelhorn sound on top of that. God. Before that, we had one of my favorite versions of Stardust, one of my favorite arrangements, I should say. And it's by the Stan Kenton Orchestra from their album Summer of 51. Basically, Stan in 1950 tried to have a 38-piece band called the Innovations Orchestra, you know, that was to have uh, a big jazz band plus a miniature symphony orchestra. And after $100,000 later, he decided to scrap the experiment, but he kept the band together. And it features uh, a host of, of stars from Maynard Ferguson, Shorty Rogers is in the band, uh, Bud Shank, Art Pepper, Bob Cooper, Bob Gioga, Shelly Mann. I mean, it's a killer group, killer arrangements, killer arrangers. So there you go. And then we started off the set with the great Artie Shaw with Stardust from 1940. And it features Artie on the clarinet who takes one of his most killer solos that's one of the solos he's known for the most and yeah nick fatul's on the drums uh billy butterfield's in the trumpet section you know it's just it's it's a great 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 band and strings too man just uh Artie shaw classic 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 well thank you for listening we really do hope you enjoy this different kind of perspective, um, listening to different perspectives, and we're just trying something new, something different on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Like I said, we're always open for suggestions, love feedback. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Tell your friends. We're also got a website, so you know exactly what you're getting. Dr. Jazz Podcast, drjazzpodcast.wordpress.com. As Duke Ellington says, we love you madly. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Y'all be good now, because in jazz, we trust.